Mr. Steve Woods! LT, what is happening? You know what it is. We have a very important episode that we need to get to immediately. Immediate. Immediately. And you know, guys, whenever we do very special episodes like this, we can't leave out Super Producer Boyd Atkins the Fourth. Super Producer! ladies and gentlemen it is now official anytime we talk about batman or great value batman i have to be involved in this case i don't think we can call him great value batman anymore no we cannot not after episode five at least but we'll get there we'll get there uh so guys as always it is our mission on the talk cast to bring you the latest in nerd entertainment whether that involves movies tv video games D science comic books anime wrestling whatever we will cover it because hey guess what being a nerd is just not as limiting as you think that it is Woo! yes sir we so got guys it, man yeah this is <laughs> this is a big uh a couple episodes that we're going to be taking care of here so yep. this is our first deep dive, and we are going to just go ahead and, and, and jump right into it. We're going to spend the entire episode talking about the Moon Knight. The Moon Knight? <laughs> A.K.A. the best MCU TV show. Yes, I said it. Ooh. ooh he came out the gate with uh Those are fighting words. Hey, I, and... I, I I may not be Chris, but I will fight anybody saying this was not <laughs> the best show. <laughs> it, it can. Oof. We 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 are going to get into that for sure. Before we get into our review, I should give you guys a heads up. We are going to be discussing spoilers, and we are going to be dedicating this entire episode to Moon Knight. So if you have not finished Moon Knight, if you want to avoid those spoilers. You probably want to put a pause on this episode and come back yeah. around to it once you finished it. Yeah. So, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump right into it. So, guys, uh, the way I, before we do this, actually, <clears throat> uh, I want to say that we are going to break down the episodes uh, one by one. One by one. Okay. And, uh, Steve, if you have it handy, uh, why don't you bring up our handy-dandy review system since... Uh, we want to give our viewers a refresh. Well, let's start at the bottom. Yes. LT and Boyd. Okay. The very bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. Mud butt. Now, these are movies that just did not go well. <laughs> it just didn't go well. Uh, let's see what we reviewed as mud butt. Um, LT, you gave mm-hmm. the book of Boba Fett mud butt. Oh, poor Boba. 
more like I mean, the book of false advertising. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, a step up from Mudbutt, what we have is 720p. Now, 720p is not the worst. Nah. But you can do way better. Like the book of Boba Fett? <laughs> like the book of Boba Fett. The book of Boba Fett. Now, some of the movies that we have given a 720p or TV shows, in this case, uh, uh, I gave, um, shoot, what was that? Um, we start with writing. Ryan Reynolds, the guy, guy, oh, free guy, uh, free guy, free guy, seven twenty p. Yeah, you only gave that seven twenty. Yeah, just seven twenty p. That was okay. Thought it was okay. okay. Thought we could do better. I hear we're getting a sequel for that too. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Chris Hemsworth. Nope, uh, sorry. Lee, Liam, Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> the Cuba Gooding Jr. Right. Right. A lot of our movies, actually, movies and TV shows kind of fall in this one. We were just kind of like, yeah, it was all right. It's fine. You know, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with a Kristen Stewart movie. Hey, it's should fine. we add Should we add Jared Leto to that list? Is he fine? Or is Ooh, he like... He's ugh. a little below that. <laughs> he really is. He re- I mean, he's not fine. Like, we no. could actually change 720p to Jared Leto. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. He's been in some straight-up stinkers, too. So. He has. He has. But he's also been in some gems. Like, uh, yeah. that movie with, uh, what's his name? Matthew McConaughey. Oh, Dallas Buyers Club? Dallas, yeah. yeah, Dallas yeah. Buyers Club. Yep. So, I mean, but recently, his whole vibe is off. Uh, <laughs> next up. We have what we consider to be good movies. And what what is more gooder than Demolition Man? It's just Demolition Man, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yo, when we came up with that, we were we were really <laughs> like, yo, this is a good movie. And it is. It really just it's just good. It's not the best. Not the but, best. You know, it's but instantly it. rewatchable. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'll watch it again and again. Uh-huh. Next up. We have video game windscreen. You know what that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's that feeling that you get like, yeah, you, you did everything that you could possibly do and you just won. Yeah. You won me. You won the game. Exactly. All right. With that out of the way, let's go ahead and dive into Moon Knight. So... Episode one, the introduction, Stephen Grant, living his life, you know, has a museum job, Yeah, everything's looking really swell basic for him. Life. Now, here's, basic. A, here's an issue for me, uh-huh. right off the bat. This dude works retail yeah. and has an apartment that looks like this. It should have been, been a hint. Right. <laughs> You didn't My man's know? in London, London, England, in London, England, downtown with a, London, with a loft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, what is it? Every day I wake up. Every day. Yeah, <laughs> that's that how the song. Yeah. Um. So we we are introduced to Stephen Grant. Uh, we're going through his life. Flashes. Suddenly, he's in the middle of a field. Fighting for his life, he sees uh, the Egyptian god Khonshu 
in the field calling him trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I say that I love from the comics that they did not shy away from Kanchu being a Just raging decim- butthole. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it, they did it really well. Yeah. Like, you knew from the beginning, like, oh, he's just an ass. Can I tell you what I respect about this show, uh, just, just off of this? Other shows would have gone, later on, would have gone, and in, like, episode two or three, would have gone in, and they would have shown the stuff that you met. We never got We that. never saw uh, it. <laughs> okay, so in this episode is the first time that we see Steven getting in trouble and yeah. then blacking out. Mm-hmm. And waking up bloody mm-hmm. with bodies around him. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, and like you said, man, they never go back and show you what happened. It's all, Mm-mm. they they let you do it. Yeah. Your imagination. <laughs> they let you do it, which is great. <laughs> right. And that trend would continue yeah. throughout the show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy, does it continue. <laughs> uh, so... Now I, let's talk about the name of this of this episode. Okay. It's called the Goldfish Problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, man, ah, the immaculate yeah. storytelling here. It, it's really very great. Uh, also, the Ethan Hawke coming oh! out the gate. We didn't talk about the opening oh! scene with the glass in his shoes, bro. <sighs> and then every time you hear him walk, it's like. Oh God! Why? <laughs> Just no selling it at every turn. Yeah, yeah man, Ethan Hawke chewing the what? scenery. Yeah, yeah. In every scene he's in, just giving it a chew. And yeah, I have to formally apologize to Ethan Hawke. I always referred to him as like American Christian Bale, but he has <laughs> since been upgraded. To the better James Remar. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he's so he's starting to show his age a little bit too. I was like, ooh, Christian Bale is getting a little up there. Or not mm-hmm. Wow. He, 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 he got me. Man, but listen, what a good job. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we talked about the Eternals and how Angelina Jolie stole those scenes that she was in. This is no yeah. different with Ethan Hawke. Oh yeah, he, he took his time too. That yeah. just like Boyd said, he ate it all up. He was he was slow and deliberate. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a great introduction, and I like how they're like introduced to each other off the bat. Like it didn't even take mm-hmm. that much longer. They might have even like run into each other before, and he was like, "Hold up, don't I know you from somewhere? What the heck?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think he, they pass each other on the street like briefly, but you don't pay attention to it. Yeah, uh, or that was when they were on the bus. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and yeah. he he saw him when he got off the bus and stuff, but um, yeah, it just I I loved like the memento feel of this oh, episode, God. like how you're feeling like you're only getting half the story, and you're just you're instantly invested, like okay, what's going on, and then he has the conversation with himself at the end, and then you see Moon Knight putting hands on a on a jackal, <laughs> <laughs> that Egyptian <laughs> jackal. Yeah, that man. transformation. Uh, yeah, the way the bandages come across with the when he summons the suit. Well, first of all, we have to we have to note here that uh, what an incredible job Oscar Isaac is doing playing a dual role oh. at this point. Um, that are in 
extreme contrast from each other. Yeah. We've got very mild-mannered Stephen, and mm-hmm. then we've got Mark, on the other hand, who is, uh, we don't know yet, but who is uh, an uh, ex-slash-current mercenary. And those two polar opposites really clash at the end of this episode, where Mark is pleading with Stephen to let him in, or let him take over. Man, that yeah. was... I. I was leaning forward like I was playing somebody in 2K. <laughs> Get my ass whooped. But I mean it was it was just so good. Yeah. Boyd, what else were you uh doing when you were kind of first experiencing this episode cuz I know you have a little bit of a history with Moon Knight too. I was first off every blackout scene. I'm just what I'm like Okay, I know we're getting into spoilers, but I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I'm just wondering, who is it going to be this time? Who yeah. is it this time? So the mm. first time we hear the name Mark, I'm like, okay, we're on the right track on how they're going to do this story. Yeah. So you kind of, if you've been paying attention, when you see that after he blacks out the first time and wakes up in bed and he looks at his goldfish like, hey, this ain't my goldfish. You start slowly wondering, okay, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And then when she he goes to the pet shop, and he's like, look, this is the second time you've been in here. And he's like, wait, I haven't been here. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm watching this with my girlfriend, and I'm holding my mouth quiet because I don't want to spoil anything. Because for people ha- who don't know anything about Moon Knight, you tell them one thing. It's immediately a spoiler to the entire, like, series. Yeah. And I'm just biting my tongue like, are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? And then when they do it, I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. I just want to say one thing about the fish because I don't know if we'll talk about it later. Uh, There was a a conversation I saw with somebody that was talking about the show. And they were talking about what, uh, you know, Stephen and Mark suffer from, which is DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder. Mm -hmm. And that literally... You can keep information from your from one of your altars. So, like towards the end, we see there are two fish in there: one with one fin and one with both fins. Yep. And it's insane that what if both of those fish were in there at the same time, and they only saw the only one saw of the fish. Mm. And the reason, like when when they first did that switch, like they had that conversation with each other. And like instead of seeing his fish, Steven saw after that uh Mark's fish, and it's just Yeah. That that's such a good and it, again, not explained, Mm-mm. not something that went into detail with. Just one of those things where upon rewatch you're like, Man, that's really dope. <laughs> really say, if, dive. if you're wanting something that's just gonna outline everything for you this ain't it just like his psyche you have to put the pieces together exactly yeah that's why this this show felt like a puzzle piece right and i would say it differs from wandavision in that way wandavision was a mystery Mm -hmm. that kind of played out this was just a puzzle how do these fit where does this go uh it is part puzzle piece part Indiana Jones adventure, which we'll get into a little bit later. Mm-hmm. And then, where it goes after that, <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
I will say, though, uh, I'm a little bit bummed out, uh, and I was afraid of this uh, going into the show, but I was a little bit bummed out about the direction that they took, only because I kind of didn't want Moon Knight to have supernatural powers. Uh, you know, I, maybe I'm a little more stuck on the Batman allegory, you know, where I just want him as a dude wandering around with gadgets, mm. you know. I, 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 I loved the, the aspect about from the comics that I loved about Moon Knight is he says, I am the avatar of Khonshu. I have all these supernatural connections. But you don't know if that's real. You don't even know if he actually know like if Khonshu wow. is actually talking to him. He's just a could dude be. running around. Yeah. Yeah. Kanchu could be just another one of his alters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted that aspect of it, but as soon as like I saw the summoning suit, I was afraid. Like I'm pretty sure this is he's gonna have some powers. And now you know, knowing that the suit can heal and protect and basically let him fly at one point. <laughs> yeah. Um. Not to uh, be- uh stay on episode one too long, but I do yeah. think in the MCU supernatural moon knight with the did works a lot better than um mark specter you know super kook um (laughs) mainly because had we had gotten this movie like in the 90s uh when people started paying attention to moon knight it would have just been dark man that's what it would (laughs) have been which is not a bad thing but supernatural moon knight fits a lot better in the mcu in my opinion I agree, and it makes it a far more interesting team up when he got, links up with like Blade, potentially Ghost Rider, you know, uh, Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there, there's more interesting things that you could do with it. I agree, but for the character of Moon Knight, I was bummed that we're getting Super Moon Knight and not. I don't know what this guy is doing, Moon Knight. (laughs) (laughs) The true mental illness Batman. Exactly. Um, (laughs) But, uh, all right. So, that was episode one. Uh, Then we move on to episode two. Mm -hmm. So, uh, here... Oh, also have to... Gotta go back to episode one. Uh, It was just a lot of impact there. There was. It Uh, really did set the tone. We need to highlight probably the best scene from episode one, aside from Moon Knight putting hands on the jackal. And that was Oscar Isaac missing the date, or Stephen Grant missing the date. Oh, man. That was heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, Poor guy. He's like, it's it's Thursday. And she's like, no, it's Sunday. He's like, what? (laughs) Now, when we get to episode six, I do want to ask you guys a question because I've been wondering about how that date got set up, and I think I had the answer, but yeah. I'm going to wait to episode six. Yeah, okay. you're right, you're right, you're okay. right. Um, so, yeah, that that was a that was just a great piece of acting from uh, from Oscar Isaac, and to, can we just talk about how good his freaking English accent is? Like, So, I saw people complaining about it, it's like, it sounds like it's put on, but when you watch the show... It makes sense. Yes. Like, I watched an interview he did with the BBC, and the guy uh, was talking to him about it, and he was like, yeah, um, why is your accent so good? He's like, how, how long did you spend in London honing this accent? Because, like, 
I can point your accent down to the neighborhood. Mm. Like he's like me and my fellow Brit friends. We're like, this is insane. This is ridiculously good. And he's like, how long? And he's like, yeah, I've been there a couple of times, but I haven't studied any significant length of time. And he's just that good. <laughs> it's like he watched every Hugh Grant movie and just went, that's <laughs> yep, it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, but even like he's got the slang and the lingo down with the, uh, oh, we talking about in it and, you know, all that stuff. I don't know. It's it's just really good. Yeah. But um, yeah. so we slide into episode two. Mm-hmm. We get uh, a, a little more of Steven uncovering, you know, uh, about first what happened at the museum the night before. Yeah. And uh angrily <laughs> pursuing what is Mark. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. He finds the storage <laughs> locker, he finds the uh phone with Layla calling him. Yeah. Uh it, Does he meet know. Layla in this episode? I think he does. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Was it? It's, well, it was towards the end of the episode, um, because remember, uh, she picks him. I believe she picks him up on the motorcycle. You're right, and, okay. and asks him yeah. why he's got a British accent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and Stephen's so happy. He's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, look at this girl." I'm like, "Boy, I feel you, Stephen." <laughs> <laughs> and it, since she's introduced in this episode, let me just go ahead and uh, get this out of the way now. Uh, May Kalamaui. Uh, I'm pretty sure she was added to many people's thirst list. Bruh. After, <laughs> let me talk to you. So at first I kept staring at her. Bruh. I'm like, she is the spitting image of the woman that played maybe in Arrested Development. Yeah. Come to find out, they are not the same person. No. <laughs> but, sir, sir. Yeah. It, it goes deeper. <laughs> it, it does. Let's talk about uh, episode six. Let's. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Woo! But yeah, uh, I I was like, like she's introduced, like you see her and stuff, and you're at first you're just like, uh, man, you know she she's kind of cute, and then as the series progress and you learn more about her, I, I almost felt like we're all falling in love with her, like Stephen is. By the end of the show, we're just like Layla El Fauli. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, uh, just needed to get that part out of the way because uh, if you travel uh, that Twitter hashtag for Layla Alpha Oli, uh, you will find a great thirst upon the internet mm-hmm. that has been discovered. Uh, and I need to I need to follow that even further. I need to get them to cast her in more thing in more things because we need her in more things. Absolutely. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, he also has that conversation with uh, Arthur Harrow, where mm-hmm. Arthur's kind of breaking down his philosophy and uh, saying that he used to be an avatar of Kanshu, but Kanshu sucks, and he's uh, <laughs> an avatar for or trying to be an avatar for uh, Amit now, and he wants to prejudge people's souls. I love Minority Report, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Most important part is at the end of the episode we see Mr. Knight. Mr. Knight. <laughs> Br- British Knight. British Knight. <laughs> I like I like what you did there. And and he he's he's a little bit different than uh 
the the Mr. Knight from the comics, which uh, threw me off at first because I'm used to the stoic detective Mr. Knight. But, uh, you know, then you see him switch with Mark and they go back into the full Moon Knight and we get to see a extended Moon Knight fight and chase sequence. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is legit. Um, and it, what, ends with the episode where they wake up in Cairo? Ooh, that's, that shot, <laughs> if anything makes you want to go to Cairo, it's that right. shot. Right. I, so I give a lot of credit to uh, the director of this. I think his name is Mohamed Diab. Yes. Uh, Egyptian director. Uh, he made it a point, and I think he did it like A-plus marks, being like, this is not how Egypt and Cairo or like it has never been portrayed the correct way. It is a city. It is a uh, civilized city. It has different areas, different lights, different sections. Like you know, tr- put the respect on it. Right. It's pretty much like Columbus. If Columbus was like had a desert like Nevada. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, you're right. That shot with you know out the window and you just see the pyramids uh i'm trying to think how many times have we seen movies where we just see the pyramids and we don't see the freaking city that's right up on them right (laughs) do they just cgi out the city all the time i didn't even realize how close it was yeah it's It's, right there yeah like the shots are always done to the point where you just think the pyramids are just out in the middle of nowhere and that's just not true (laughs) right it's just like, yeah, it's just, uh, it's like pyramids, lots of desert. I'm like, no, there's a, there's a city, there's lights, there's People many lights. there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so man, credit to him. Like you talk about people putting on for their city, like. Right. <laughs> and seeing that it's developed in the area. You're right. Like there's, there's neighborhoods. Businesses there's... and neighborhoods. Yeah. It doesn't look like Aladdin. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can show you the world, but for real, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that was the end of episode two, which uh, you know, high marks. Did not again. I think the biggest surprise to me was seeing how Mister Knight comes out and being like, "Oh, the different altars have different suits, and Mister Knight isn't his own altar." That's fun. Yeah, which I I kind of love. Yeah. It, it leaves so much out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, okay. It's it's a visually distinctive way too of always telling you who is currently in charge, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. At least when, at least during the fight sequences. Yes. So, um, yeah. Episode two uh, continued the banger, continued the mystery. How did he just end up in Cairo? What are we doing? Um. And then episode three, uh, we start to get, oh man. This uh, is when Harrow really kind of takes off. Yeah. Like when he's really about to find Ahmet's tomb and become that avatar that he so badly wants. And the way he's so saucy and just pl- like plays oh. people in this episode. Yeah. yeah. To, to a T and just like, you guys can't honestly believe this man yeah right and and when they do you okay no you're speaking specifically of 
the trial uh, yeah. with oh the Avatars. Oh my god. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, I also loved how he <laughs> used I, I loved how he used basically outdated language when mm-hmm. talking about someone's uh, this person's mental illness. This is a broken man. Yeah. This is a troubled person. Yeah. Like, when's the last time you heard somebody say they were troubled? <laughs> refer to someone else as troubled. Like, he right. specifically used things to play off of these old gods, prejudices, or, or stuff like that to demean and look down upon this person. And, like... That's a good point, man. That's something yeah. I didn't pick up on, but is 100% accurate. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and... You know, obviously he he convinced them at that point. We also in this episode got our first hint that uh, Mark and Stephen are not alone, right? Because uh, Mark was running along roof, rooftops, following some of Harrow's followers, and he's in a bad way. And then suddenly he's not, and he's, he's like, not. uh, and he knows it wasn't him. <laughs> And he knows it wasn't. He knows it he wasn't Stephen either. Yeah, right. Stephen would never. <laughs> yeah. And Stephen doesn't know who it is either because he was like, "What did you do, bro?" I had to bite my finger watching <laughs> this episode to yeah. not say anything because my girlfriend was like, "What? What's going on?" I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> "I was like, let's go." Um, and uh. You know, if there is another person there, they, uh, I think, it wasn't casually. It was it was really more Conchu. Mm-hmm. Uh, Conchu was like, hey, you need to go threaten him by making him jump over this ledge. Right. <laughs> to a kid. To a kid. To a to teenager. A yeah. And the teenager kills himself. That was d- dark. I'm like, does that count as child murder being on the table? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it does. Apparently, it does, as referenced later. Oh God! So <laughs> that was wild. And then you know, obviously, Mark is like, "I got to hold on to that now." <laughs> Thank you. I did not need more inside of me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, uh, great action sequences. I love how like. He blacks out and he comes back and he's just in a cab and he's like, uh, okay. <laughs> in a cab. Right. Um, yeah, but we get through all that. Yeah. Uh, they have the, the conversation with the avatars and the gods who ultimately deem that uh, Harrow isn't doing anything wrong and shouldn't be judged. Uh, to which Kanshu is like, well, screw it. I'll take things into my own hands. And uh, flips the night sky. Oh in- my god! Well, <laughs> so he he does that uh, after they meet one of the. And this kind of irked me the way they did Anton. So Anton uh, had a slightly yeah. bigger role in the comics, and he's just kind of thrown away here. Well, yeah, there's a reason. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, they yeah. they kind of had to let him go because uh, the actor that portrayed him. Unfortunately, ended up passing away. Yeah, uh, I think it was in... right before this debuted. I mean, right, yeah, it was maybe yeah. a month or so. Yeah, uh, and if you at the end of this episode, they dedicated it to him. Uh, but there's also like such a cool sequence 
when they were at his place and they were trying to escape and there's fighting people on horsebacks and oh yeah uh, although uh moon knight straight up got impaled in the chest so i'm Twice. like armor is incredible <laughs> and it was it just it was him alive yeah yeah, yeah. you want to talk about the indiana jones this is probably the most in- well, second most Indiana Jones episode where yeah, yeah. they're trying to get a relic and then they get into trouble and have to get their way out of it. Yeah, um, I think it's only outdone by another episode moving forward that's even more Indiana Jones. Actually, the it's next actually, episode. It's yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually Laura Croft and it's really good in my opinion. Laura Croft was a little bit of uh, The Mummy and mm-hmm. um, some horror elements too. Yes. Yes. Uh, I don't even. I need an explanation. I'm hoping you guys can help me. Let's move on to that. <laughs> well, any, does anybody have anything else left to say? I know, boy, you you look like you're about to say something about the sky flipping. Oh, I was just going to oh. say, not only was that part beautiful, but the fact <sighs> that I thought this was going to be a redemption for Kanchu, but then I had to remember who he was. Uh, <laughs> but the fact right. that he's like. Let me remind you, uh, allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Khan. Khan, <laughs> Because the way he did that night sky and the way the sequence is like uh, animated he's was like, just yeah, fantastic. Tell Mark to come get me once he uh, gets out of this situation. But yeah, just yeah. the the shot where like they're standing there and you could they, they made it the, the focus and you just see the lights going around them kind of uh just great shots and then like when they did the shots of cairo and the people looking up first of all they're like the f like what <laughs> but were they concerned enough or they were just like mm, another night in cairo uh no I think, like, <laughs> I, I think they're like uh another night in the mcu there you go <laughs> just what we do at this yeah, point. yeah 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 uh a whole at a whole person uh showed up in eternals and just was looking like a, a space guy yeah. just came and was just looking from the sky, who's bigger than your planet. And he's just like, "Hey, <laughs> show me what people. you got. <laughs> <laughs> show me what you got." <laughs> so uh, I imagine uh, a little, <laughs> a little light work probably was just like. Oh, something weird's happening again. Hopefully we don't snap <laughs> away for five years again this time. Right. Everybody that has PTSD from that thing. And now you're right. twisting the night sky. <laughs> thanks, Ed. Thanks, Kanchu. Man, thanks, Kanchu. There's, a, there's, a, there's something that happens later in this episode that what you just said makes that make sense. Oh, just what, what are you talking about? Later, oh, we'll happen- get there. We'll get oh, okay, there. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and jump into what is this episode four now? Mm-hmm. Episode uh, four, the Indiana Jones episode. Oh, uh, so was it Laura Uncharted Tomb Mummy? <laughs> Laura Uncharted Tomb Mummy Temple of Doom. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. And that's what this episode is like the whole way through. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, we're even even with uh, uh, what's her name, Layla and Stephen. Yeah, how they're. How they kind of have that romance thing, like a la Indiana Jones. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of that same thing where they're. I think this is the episode where people fell in love with Layla too. Yeah, it was just yeah. Like, Ooh, 
And look, what she's not doing anything particularly. It's just such a well written character. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, she's a very attractive actress and stuff mm-hmm. too. When you when you pair, it was more than acting. That. It's the adventure part. It's the adventure too. It's the mm-hmm. adventure too. Uh, and, and the the kind of budding romance that she was having a little bit with Steven there, uh, and her kind of being like, "Oh, Steven, you're so honest." Unlike my douchebag husband, <laughs> also <laughs> you. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's it's the um, not analogy, but it's like falling in love with somebody for the first time because you're seeing a you're literally seeing a side of them you never knew they had. Yeah, and it, I. That was the other thing I was going to actually bring up the the conversation that the um, psychologist was having about DID uh, mm-hmm. is that you can literally put personality traits and uh, emotions about things into another altar. So mm-hmm. what they were saying was happening there is that Mark is so stoic and kind of so so like you can tell he still has feelings, but not as hard as Stephen does, and that's because he likely show yeah. Well, he likely put a lot of mm-hmm. that love and care and emotion that he has for Layla into Steven uh, to kind of separate himself from it. Because you could tell, like, Steven's favorite song was, like, her favorite song or book or poem or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he stayed at the place that was down the street from her mom's or something. Um, it's a better of his... version of what they did in Free Guy. <laughs> Good point. Yep. <laughs> Very good point. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, the the Layla Love came out and we, we get into the tomb of who we would eventually come to find out is of Alexander the Great, which as just kind of a history nerd, I just love that. Man. <laughs> Again, I'm just like... And I loved... I was I was excited for Steven at this point because he right? was so hyped about it. Right? How weird was that? I was like, oh... Oh, oh my goodness, <laughs> this is a lost tomb of Alexander the Great. Well, and he was trying to figure out who the tomb was for, and he was guessing, like, maybe it's this, maybe it's this, yeah. maybe it's yeah. this. And I'm like, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. And I love when he started putting together context clues on where the Ushapti would be, and then oh. he thought about it like, oh, oh. It's the voice, right? Oh. oh. <laughs> and I go. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, we have the great conversation with Harrow sitting on the ledge talking to Layla, telling her that uh, Steve or uh, Mark was there when her father died. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, which again, great kind of evil, chewy, mm-hmm. get your stuff together, realize who you're with kind of scene. But um, I have to say, the highlight of this episode for me, the undead priest guards. Uh, chasing Le- Stephen and Layla. Uh, what? What? Fantastic horror sequence. Mm-hmm. What is it? What? What? Out of nowhere. I didn't understand that. So you, I saw. I saw it in the hieroglyphics how they were talking about all oh, these mm-hmm. guards. You know, blah blah blah. But I, I still don't understand. <laughs> like why, why they that? were embalming the guy and yeah. putting his part into the Ushapti. Yes. Getting ready for mummification, man. You got to get them ready for um, Anubis. Yeah. Making more temple guards, pretty mm-hmm. much. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Which I I thought, I was so hyped, I thought we were going to see Anubis. That was probably one of my only, 
well, my second disappointment, I have another disappointment we'll get into in episode six, but I think I would have exploded if we saw Anubis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and to be fair, like the way they're doing Amit and Amit scales and stuff, they kind yeah. of used Amit in the role of Anubis a lot in this. Because Amit, like Anubis actually handles the underworld. They really just kind of stuck the whole Amit thing and kind of blended the two of them a little mm-hmm. bit. So. Yeah. Who knows if we get into like the more Anubis stuff. I also have to say, I hope that when Gore the God Butcher comes around, we uh, see some of these Egyptian gods handled as well. <laughs> That'd be dope. Oh, yeah. I just had a thought. I just had a thought. We'll get to it. Old Gore the God Butcher comes around to some pyramids. And why we don't see a character that I think we should have saw. Good point. Um, so yeah, let, let, I just have to say the Temple Guards, <laughs> the Temple Guardians, <laughs> it was an episode of, <laughs> like, is it a hidden temple? <laughs> it is a hidden temple. <laughs> There's a legend. There's a hidden temple. <laughs> There's a statue in a place that's not supposed to be. <laughs> yep. You have to put, uh, certain, uh, pieces together in, in the tomb. Uh... <laughs> There's jars, you know? <laughs> There's jars. <laughs> it's true story. There's disembodied heads talking trash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you literally are running from Temple Guardians. Like, that's... It, it's a part of wow. it. So, uh, yeah. We're, we're in the, the Legend of the Hidden Temple. Uh, running from these horror-esque uh, Temple Guards. We come to find out we're in Alexander the Great's tomb. Stephen finds the uh, Shakti, Ushapti, mm-hmm. uh, Ushapti. and uh, Layla confronts him about uh, whether or not Mark killed her father, which he says he didn't. Uh, that he, but he was there for it. Yeah. And there's that whole, but before they can dig into that even further, Harrow shows up, gang gang, mm-hmm. shoots him twice in the chest. Stephen supposedly dies. Then we start seeing. An old VHS, <laughs> yeah, of a man. I was like, "What is that? Why does that look weird?" Yeah, well, yeah, the the uh, ratio on the screen changes, right? Yeah. And it's like Doctor Stephen Grunt, and we find out uh, Mark is in a mental institution. He's talking to Harrow, who's in a doctor, who is a doctor now, and again, like this... surrounded by everyone that. Uh, is in Stephen's life is also in this asylum. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it it turned on a dime to this. Oh. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and the episode ends with uh, oh. Stephen, Stephen and Mark together passing by first that red sarcophagus that they chose not to open. And For whatever uh, reason, go, just go, just go. Uh, yeah, just go. <laughs> get, get out of here. Uh, and we run into the giant hippo lady, uh, mm. Talaret. Uh, Talret. Ta- Talret. So I like, always get the name wrong. Yeah. Now, here's the deal. I don't need judgment. Mm-hmm. I don't need side eyes. Okay. I know y'all are into Layla. I'm into Talret. <laughs> um, I can't say anything because I have been referring to Amit as the sexy crocodile lady. So <laughs> I can't say Talk about anything. It. Talk about it. <laughs> this, wow. this show did things to me, Steve. Wow. Guys, that purple nail polish did it. <laughs> I was 
done. <laughs> oh my god. What's wrong with me? <laughs> uh, see, she was you, a you're, sweetheart. You're laughing about all of this and and kind of like, oh, you know, this this on a very low level awakened some things in me. Uh on a very high level, there are people on the internet that <laughs> Are going to take this ball and run with it, and yeah. then I'm going to see some stuff I don't really care to see in the future. So forty yard gain, go ahead, bruh. Go ahead. Like this episode's going to be a problem for me. <laughs> well, we want to talk about problems. Did we want to get into episode five? Mm. Uh, Let's. AKA, it's it's real. The episode, yeah. the episode for me. Episode 5 is where this show switched from very, very good to important. Ooh. Like, important. I important. love that word. That's, that's the word that I choose. I said this when I was watching it. Like, it ended, and I was like, what's happening? And first of all, the things that they decided to go with and show you in episode 5, um, we're in this new era of Marvel where... They're not playing games anymore because they can get away uh-huh. with so much more because they, they have the trust. They can they can deep dive into into things that you know. Yeah, no holding back. Deal with you're just gonna yeah. have to deal with it because they, unfortunately it for yourself these things happen and they continue yeah. to happen and if you ignore them they will continue to happen. Yeah, and you know you can tell Marvel has. Uh, Marvel and Kevin Feige just have tremendous trust by Disney. Because is there any other franchise where you could see an no. episode like this? No. Well, tell them I mean, about it. Tell them what happened. Let's, let's even... get into it. What were you going to say, Boyd? No, I'm just going to say there's nowhere where you could have done this episode and even done it well. You could have attempted to do this episode. And you probably could have. But there's no way it would have been would as... Have like this. Yeah. Correct. Like yeah. this, this is why to me this is the best of the MCU. Think shows. about the audience here too, Boyd. Mm-hmm. Think about that audience that may not be into those hour long dramas or yeah. you know things like that, where we're we're literally talking about a superhero TV series that mm-hmm. dealt with some very real things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, there's people that. I don't think really were ready for or really wanted this episode when they signed up for Moon Knight. Right. right. Well, they got it. <laughs> they got it, which is why it's so important, right? Uh, there are things that are addressed in this episode that are going to spur conversations uh, about things moving forward and probably deeply traumatic to people that have been... You know, I mean, I I can speak, uh, you know, for myself a little bit. I've I've been uh around things related to some of the subject matter in this episode, and it is, uh, just think about any kind of alienation that you felt from your parent, yeah, or well, someone uh, that you've looked at. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, get yeah. into it. Let's get into it. Let's just go. To the episode. They are in the mental asylum. Or what they perceive to be a mental asylum. Talaret, or Talaret, I'm, I'm going to butcher that name, uh, tells Stephen and Mark that they have Hippo to get hottie. their souls balanced. Wow. 
But she says they need to balance their scales so that they can pass into the afterlife. And so um, Stephen's like, let's do this. Mark's very, very hesitant. Even though his life is literally on the line, you're dead, bro. Uh, you know, he does not want to dig into his past and stuff. Stephen doesn't know this stuff. And so we get into basically Mark's childhood, losing his brother, uh, having a good relationship with his mom, then eventually losing that relationship to the point where she just straight up hates him. Hate because he's is, blamed. Right. And it doesn't help that. He's in that situation where she blames him. Yeah. And he agrees. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and that's what makes it even more heartbreaking. It's like mm-hmm. we understand, but you're a child and you were and doing he's not what being children protected do. by anybody that's no. supposed to care about him. No. Correct. Yeah. And that scene is heart wrenching because you see it coming. Mm-hmm. You know it's coming. Yeah. But you don't think you you also are, are caught off guard because you know what happens, what really happens in that situation. But mm-hmm. Marvel's not going to show it, right. right? And then, and then, <laughs> and then you hear the belt crack. Mm. <laughs> uh, I will say, uh, like there are a lot of people that were uh, that the emotions came out when you start to hear like the beatings, you know, the child abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I got broken before that, and it was at the uh birthday, the first birthday scene. Oh, when she oh. wouldn't come down. Yeah. So, oh, I don't. That's what got you. What got me were the services, where he came downstairs and she looked at him yeah. like, yeah. "How dare you!" Like, yeah, he's a child. Yeah, yeah, I. As a parent, I understand, right. but you're also a parent to that right. child who was also right. going through it. So, well, it, but we we clearly can tell, like something also broke in her when that happened. Absolutely, and you know, there's also elements to the fa- like the father was just like, well, this is life now, and I was because I was, he was talking broken too, yeah, to a degree, yes. Sure. But I was also saying, I, I was telling this to my wife, I was like. Back, back in that time, back in back then, when we didn't recognize this stuff, and you're like, she's on a real bad path. And instead of being like, "Go get help," it was, "She'll be okay." Yeah, right. She she just has to work it out. Yeah, Yeah. she's gonna beat you a little bit. She's gonna have a little drinky drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay for her to be eight a.m. chugging a bottle of wine. And the fact that it happens for a good. Almost two decades. Yeah. Yeah. And the dad is just like, she's getting better. No, dude. (laughs) She's not getting better. (laughs) No, yeah. And she did not get better. Yeah. And neither did Mark. Mm -mm. Nobody in that situation was able to cope with the loss properly. And it hurt everyone. Exactly. So... Uh, you know, then the other stuff happens with, uh, them on the, I forget what the boat is called. The, um, it is referred to as, I believe the, uh, Duat? Duat, yes. Uh, on the Duat, trying to make their way to Osiris's gate, I think. Yes. Um. To come back to the living. Yeah. Uh, 
Mark and Steven ended up working it out together, but Steven falls off the boat in the best bing bong moment that I've seen since the bing bong moment yeah. in Inside Out. <laughs> yeah. That it truly was a bing bong moment. Not it was it a like bing that. bong moment. Yeah. <laughs> him falling, I, I didn't think they'd do it, like him falling in the field of reeds, and it's just like, you were, you guys were so close to seeing Osiris. Like, yeah, no, yeah. You, you need that Steve. It's like, oh, no more Steve. Your heart is balanced. Like, excuse me, no, right, no. He that, needs Steve. <laughs> I'm clearly not full. I put a lot into Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> I clearly am not full without that. So, uh, yeah. Uh, episode five, a very important episode. On very. a more funny note, though. So, <laughs> I've been seeing the joke going around that Harrow looked a lot like Ned Flanders. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll one up you. Okay. Harrow looked like he was dressed to yell Excelsior every 15 minutes. Yes. I and now that I, too. W- I want Ethan Hawke in a <laughs> Stanley biopic. <laughs> no, seriously. Excelsior. Like yes. I could just see him Excelsior. like taking credit. Yeah. I can see him taking credit for everything Jack Kirby does. It, I just need that in the movie. I had that note uh, at the big, at the end of uh, what was it episode four, mm-hmm. and then episode five happened, and that completely left my brain. But yeah, I definitely was like, "Oh, he's he looks like Stan Lee to the T." Oh yeah, <laughs> and I don't think that was an accident. Purpose. It was yeah. definitely on purpose. I didn't even realize that until you just said it. Yeah, but running that back, that's one hundred percent of. So what else good. were they trying to do then? Exactly. Because it, <laughs> it wasn't that, Ned Flanders. Yeah. yeah. Also, wow, that man. there was a moment where he flashes back in episode five mm-hmm. and his face is all beat up and he's talking with an entirely different accent, right? Yes. And you couple that with the image of the red sarcophagus that you saw. Yeah. Yes. In the previous episode. And you're like, wait, hold on. Is that? That's somebody else. It is. And his nose is broken. And when I pointed it out to Martina, she was like, huh? And I'm like, no, no. We have to wait till next episode. Because I know what's going to happen. And it did. Oh, they're so mean. They're so mean. Uh, So, let's ride into episode six. Episode six is the episode everybody was actually afraid of, right? Because they're like, okay, time for Marvel to drop the ball on this last episode like they do with every other series. Which, in my opinion, no, I think if they didn't score the goal by one point, they tied the game, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> the ball was not dropped. It was yeah. not intercepted. Mm-hmm. It was handed off properly. We got a 20-yard gain. We got into the end zone. Mm-hmm. But I would say the opinion on whether it scored high or just scored is completely understandable. But, no, this was a complete, like, I think it was nailed. Not all the way, but I think it was nailed. Here's I the, think... Here is this issue, the issue with me with episode six. Okay. Episode five, man. I mean, yeah. that was just so much and so heavy and something that we've never seen before. Yeah. Episode six is kind of what we see, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is kind of what we do. This is, but that episode, to follow that up was a, was going was to be troubling be, anyway. Correct. Be hard. Yeah. yeah. Um. So episode six, obviously we get the big Marvel fights. We get the cool side shot of them running along the pyramid. Yeah. Uh, we get a kaiju battle. 
we get a, a, a <laughs> Egyptian god kaiju battle. Layla becomes what Marvel officially has referred to as uh, the Scarlet Scarab when Correct. she becomes the uh, the Avatar uh, for uh, Taulet. Taurit. 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 And uh, <laughs> uh, who Scarlet Scarab? Uh, forgive me if I'm wrong. I, ple- I believe that's a villain in the comics. An yeah, it's villain. I, I think it's her dad technically. Uh, because yeah. he refers to her as a Scarlet Scarab, and then he yeah. briefly becomes Scarlet Scarab. I think that's it's in one of the runs where he doesn't have powers. Yeah, uh, makes sense. But um, now, yeah, I mean, can I can I can I voice some discontent about what the Scarlet Scarab is? Uh, being Towerette's avatar, mm-hmm. I was hoping for something like a, a Peggy Carter. Like, just a cannonball. Just gets bigger, maybe some armor, no wings, just, you know, kind of the hippo mentality. I'm just running through things. So you were thinking more like Lady Juggernaut. Exactly. That's exactly what I was hoping for. They decided to go a little more Wonder Woman with it. They did. They they went Lady Osiris, actually. They did. Mm. You're right. They also, I, I have to say, like, we saw the armor in Wonder Woman 84. I think this is better. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but uh, how much of that is, uh, again, May Kalamaui. So, you know. And they let they let that natural hair out. And it was... They didn't change it. It was like, you keep that cool hair. Here's some cool suit. Here's some wings. Here's some, like, tonfa. Go kick ass. And no, she had two swords. Said, well, the two, that's right. It was two swords. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Knight has the uh, Tonfas. Tonfas, yeah. When that little girl said, are you an Egyptian superhero? Yeah. I, I smiled. But, yeah. Yeah, but that, but that was kind of, that was a PTSD reaction. <laughs> <laughs> like, we've already seen so much. Right. There's, there's so much. You've got to be a superhero. you got but, wings and you're flying around. And, and then I'm just kind of like, mm, yeah. okay. Also, the <laughs> shot of her transformation with the swords come out. I mean... Mm. Mm-hmm. just a great just a great shot mm-hmm. I think. and the angle where it's like it's slightly tilted up so she's in yeah. frame with the back of the like the opening of the pyramid yes. yeah. and you just yeah. see her wings come out I'm like the director just knows what they're doing <sighs> yeah 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 uh this guy has to come back for uh like if they do a season two which I'm really really hoping I feel like they, they almost have to. Well, well, Oscar Isaac has not. Oscar Isaac said they haven't even had discussions about a season two. Wow, you know, Um, you know what they they should do. Not if we don't get a season two of Moon Knight, and I I don't want to get into hypotheticals too much. This would be the perfect setup for a Dark Avengers show. Uh, they so the Dark Avengers would be referred to as the Midnight Suns, Mm -hmm. and that would consist of uh, Blade, Moon Knight, Mm -hmm. uh, Daredevil, or Punisher. One of the two. Black Knight, sort of, sometimes. Uh, Damon Hellstrom, uh, Ghost Rider, probably one or two other supernatural characters. Maybe like a Man-Thing or something. Which, didn't they just announce? No, Sony announced Man-Thing. Never mind, it doesn't count. Does Sony have the rights to Man-Thing? I thought, weren't they the ones that announced Man-Thing? I thought you put that in the group chat, or was it? I'll have to look that up again. I don't remember anybody announcing anything with Man-Thing, but... 
it, the the Midnight Suns are closer to Justice League Dark than mm-hmm. they are Dark Avengers. Dark Avengers would be more like. Oh, that's right. Dark Avengers is uh, Iron Patriot, and that's that's my mistake. yeah. It's more like villain, super villains portraying or pretending yeah. to be superheroes. But uh, you're on the right path, though. With the this is the more mystical Man side thing of things. Will be in Werewolf by Night, which is that. There it is. Oh, and with all the teases for Werewolf by Night in this show, I feel like Moon Knight is yeah. probably going to show up in there too. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, Werewolf by Night. Like might be he. I think Werewolf by Night is probably going to end up being in this Midnight Suns gathering too. Mm. They go full underworld with this whole, <laughs> mm. <laughs> with this whole uh, you know, more mystic side of things. He, you know, throw Doctor Strange in there too. Why not? He's not going to be in the yeah. Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> he straight up almost <laughs> resents the Avengers at this point. But we'll we'll get into that when we talk about Doctor Strange. Hmm. All right, uh, but you know that was the most of the show. I would say the the biggest thing that shocked me is that uh, how they chose to resolve the fight without really resolving it. What a choice! And you know what? With the ending of the show, mm-hmm. I agree with it because it keeps you asking questions and wanting more, and that's yes. how you get the fans wanting more. Well, let's talk about it. So the post credit scene is uh, so obviously Harrow was uh you know they they captured him they elected not to kill him Conchu said he would let uh jake and or mark and steven out of the uh out of the deal and uh you know they put arthur harrow in a uh mental institution after sealing Emmett uh within them uh also Emmett has a sultry voice let's I get what you're talking about with uh, yeah, man. the feeling a certain type of way. I'm like, why Sexy are you making crocodile these? lady, man? The, the why brain making... tail. That's that's what got me. I was like, oh, oh, oh. Whoa. She was like, oh. if Calypso from Pirates of the Caribbean like was an anamorph. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I feel like I now have to put a disclaimer here and say uh, to our listeners, we are not furries. Uh, no, or, I'm just or scalies they, they, or whatever they, you would call it. He did exactly <laughs> what we what what they wanted it to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they put Harrow in a mental mental institution after electing not to kill him, kill him, and sealing Aminidum. And comes to reveal in the final shot that Kanchu is still around. Kanchu is working now through Jake Lockley. Bum, bum, and Jake, 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 Jake. Uh, <laughs> I keep I kept seeing all these memes. Jake Lockley has entered the chat. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite one that you're about to get to is so I'm not going to steal your thunder, but I'll tell you which one's my favorite. Oh, memes by all means, steal my thunder. Go for it. Kills you in Spanish. <laughs> mm. Mm. I was I saw that and I was in tears for a good 15 minutes. Right. Uh, did you? The director said that Oscar Isaac improvised that too. Wow. Did he also improvise super kicking the chair? Because that's how I knew it was Jake. <laughs> right? I mean, the, the, the cabbie hat told me. Yeah. I was like, uh... And oh. he, here is my hope. And I'm going to put it in our group chat so you can see it. And they made I him a driver it. of a Rolls yeah. Royce Spectre. What are we yes. doing? A Rolls Royce Spectre that Mark Spectre owns mm-hmm. because he's got 
money. Money, mm. exactly. I mean, which we haven't case. got into yet. We saw makes... the briefcase of money. Exactly. <laughs> it's like everything starts coming together. It's like, well, yeah, the loft was his mother's. That's how he can afford it. Being mm-hmm. a minimum wage, you know, museum <laughs> hand. <laughs> right. But it's um, like, So the one thing I want to say is if we do get a season two, and God, I hope we get a season I two. I hope so too. Uh, I hope we get to see Jake Lockley have his own suit, and I hope that it looks like this, which it's the black and white, more modern Moon Knight suit. It's got uh black accents uh, as like the underneath part. Oh, I see. Yeah, it looks like um, like he's a White Lantern almost. Yeah, yeah, mm. exactly. And the face, the face mask part is actually completely black too. I think that might be the case because we saw Jake is wearing enti- like all black, uh, in, in this scene, uh, that he's in. So I have high hopes that there's a third yeah. Moon Knight suit floating around. I just I want more because we have yeah. just scratched the surface, and this isn't. Yeah. Like a oh well, he goes on to more Moon Knight adventures. Like no 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 no, you just got the introductory volume. Yeah. This this is Batman Year One for Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. There's so much more, and the so fact that some characters much. don't get to stay. Like, unfortunately, we don't have Randall moving forward, so we're not going to get his character as an adult. Yeah. So, um. Of course, we don't get uh, more Anton because of the unfortunate circumstances. But there's just so much more you can get, and then so many people in the MCU you could introduce. Yes. The the possibilities for Moon Knight are endless. Mm. Yeah. So, so good. Um, but my question other... to you two is, mm-hmm. so we've got this Moon Knight. Where does this fit? in our current MCU without a second season? Uh, I don't think it... So here's where I would say it wouldn't need a second season, right? If Moon Knight has plans to show up in other things, uh, it doesn't really matter where this fits, right? You could mm-hmm. almost fit this in almost any timeline. Mm-hmm. I mean, this could mm-hmm. take place the same time as Iron Man, if you, if you think about... I, I don't think that's the case, yeah. but this could fit anywhere. And Moon Knight... And Mark and Jake and Steven are all, you know, just just kind of handling stuff in the background. Then when you're ready for Moon Knight to pop up in something, it's going to be special. Oh, but yeah. what, where does that happen? That in this current MCU, where does where does a Moon Knight fit? That's closer to the Werewolf by Night, yeah, Blade, gotcha, Black Knight side of things when you're starting to get into mystical side. Now. To go back to what you were saying, LT, about uh, the God Butcher being introduced in Thor Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. Why didn't we see Osiris? And he was talked about several times. Good point. Because Tyrant refers to Osiris. I'm like, oh, we're going to get the big buff eagle head man? I want to see mm-hmm. him because I know he's going to look great. And you, the, the door is open. You don't hear him. You don't see him. But you going, oh, well, maybe uh, it's got something to do with the God Butcher. I'm like, maybe. And that's why it was so easy for Ahmed to be released. Because you don't have Daddy up there, you know, playing Guardian like you should. Yeah. Good point. You know. So, uh, 
the other thing that I would say uh, regarding kind of stuff happening with this episode and with the character moving forward is just that, I mean, there obviously there's a lot of different ways you can approach bringing it back. I feel like it does need a second season, but if they didn't ever go into it, I'd be, I'd be really sad, but I would understand to a degree. Uh, Oscar Isaac's, this is what, his third superhero movie? Yeah. If you, are you counting Star Wars? I'm counting Spider, Spider-Verse. Yeah, Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. Because uh, he's, a uh, he's, uh, Miguel O'Hara. Yeah. And he hated, like, he, he was miserable during Apocalypse. I just watched the interview where he was oh, just was like. was he? Oh, man. Just look for the interview where he talks about he he describes being in the suit. He had to be wheeled around oh, on a dolly, <laughs> and, and you know, he said he, the things that were covering it. He couldn't even hear other people talk. He was just like encased in this suit. That's terrible for an entire day, and and they literally had to like buzz saw it off of him at the end of the day. Like it it was. It was miserable for him. So uh, I'm sure he found this a lot easier and a lot better. And clearly, like, hey, uh, I, hey, hey, what? watch him in the Emmy Awards this year. He needs to be in consideration. <laughs> Bro. Would this count as the daytime Emmys? Mm, I don't no, know. No, because I think it's a th- it's 30 minutes. So it would count as a comedy, which is evening. Okay. Yeah. Even though it was more drama than it was comedy, no, none of the episodes were quite an hour, so it yeah. would still count as that uh, comedy. All right, fellas. Uh, so let's give our final verdicts on this show before uh, we we wrap it up and call it a day. Um, I'll go ahead and start it off. I felt like this is a video game windscreen again. I probably would have hovered around Demolition Man for most of this series because I was having um, such a good time with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode 5 is really important and I think it's really important to me and I think it's really important for a lot of people to go in and watch if people have not checked out Moon Knight you gotta go you gotta go see it it's yeah. um, if, if only for episode 5 but then um, it, it crosses a lot of genres maybe too many at some point I really wish uh, the whole uh, Asylum reveal happened more in like episode Maybe at the end of episode three, that way we could have spent four and five dealing with that stuff and then get to the finale in six. I want like another episode to kind of delve Mm -hmm. into the Mm -hmm. psyche and the backstory and stuff. Um, But also I wanted to keep the Egyptian uh, like tomb raiding stuff in there. So Um, maybe could have focus the balance a little bit better but everything else about the show is a big win for me so mm-hmm. that's me whoever wants to go next boy um i agree video game windscreen and because i have uh the mandela effect in my brain and i remember him being in the avengers arcade game but i can't find any proof of that because i'm like where did i remember like falling in love with moon knight it was something in the early 90s and he was cool looking and i've been a stan mm-hmm. ever since but I'm still going to go with the Avengers. 
<laughs> just because that's what's in my mind when I think of Moon Knight. This show is fantastic. Um, it's not perfect, but it didn't need to be. It did exactly what it needed to do. It introduced a flawed character with several characters around them that you care about and leaves you wanting more. So big video game windscreen. Also, I'm fairly sure Jake was the one that asked the sexy museum lady out on a date because and who Stephen is had said that security guide referred to Steven as Sky. Scotty. I, yeah, I think Scotty? that's just oh, just what he did. Yeah. Right. Just like you're you're a throwaway person, which I think is just I a see. joke because he's the he's the protagonist. Although I think Jake is the one that asked out the lady to yes. begin with. I don't think Mark would have done that because he was trying to hide. Yeah. Oh, right. and I also I think the reason Jake exists is because obviously Mark made Steven to avoid the trauma of the beatings that he used to get. Mm-hmm. But I think Steven instantly retreated into Jake without knowing it uh, because he was supposed to be the recipient, but he didn't remember any of those. Mm-hmm. So, See, I was thinking um, the opposite. I was thinking Mark created Jake because he got tired of only feeling like he was only good for murder, which is exactly mm-hmm. Jake's job. He is murder. He is murder. <laughs> I I I think so. I think the reason. I mean, obviously, the reason why they didn't show uh, Stephen getting beaten is because uh, of that's a lot. But yeah, uh, I I think to me, it's it's why doesn't Stephen specifically remember any like negative feelings or anything? I think, and I think Jake resents the other two for that because. He was the scapegoat for all of the really, really yeah. You dirty, made nasty me do stuff. this. Yeah. yeah, you. He's like, I wake up and I'm just catching the belt, and right. then you guys I'm, go. I'm, and... I wake up and I'm a stabbing machine. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that, I think that that's what spurs him in the violence, and then I think Jake was enhanced even further from that. Well, clearly Jake is the better fighter, the better, um, uh, you know, he he's more skilled in everything, even than Mark. Yeah, he's the berserker. Stuff. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. he's Wolverine's berserker rage. Um so he he I think he holds on to something against the other two, which is why he uh it, it clearly shows no affection towards the others. He he's not even trying to be let them know he's out here. <laughs> My man super kicked a wheelchair. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, guys, I'll uh, tell you for me, not knowing much about Moon Knight going into this series, uh, just not something I followed coming up. Uh, I felt like it was complete. I felt like we got a whole story here. I feel like we can build a lot. The characters and the actors that played those characters were spot on. I mean, we've talked about Ethan Hawke and we've talked about Oscar Isaac and their stellar performances. So for me, without episode five, this is a yeah. demolition man. Episode five elevated this series to something we haven't seen before in this genre. And it really is a video game windscreen for me. 1000. I will probably go back and watch this again to pick up all the things that I didn't, that I didn't see because there's a lot. Oh yeah. There's yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Including the towerette uh, plushies that were sold in the, uh, <laughs> In the gift that, shop. That was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. 
All right, guys, so we'll go ahead and wrap this up. That was our uh, detailed review for yeah. The Moon Knight. I'm going to refer Knight. to him as The Moon Knight, just like The Batman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, cre- oh, closing sequences every episode and the way that they worked with the faces of the moon. Just yes. Dope. <laughs> But um, that is that is uh, our show. Uh, as always, you can uh, reach out to us via email if you have any questions. Uh, nerdsmash.tc at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, please send us any questions. Uh, if you have them, we'll discuss them on the show. Uh, we also have, uh, or if you haven't done so already, like, rate, and subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to us through, uh, whether that's Apple Music, Google Music, Podbean, Spotify, whatever. And uh, Steve, where can they find you? Where can they find the show? You're going to find the Nerd Smash Talkcast on Twitter at NerdSmash underscore TC. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Steve L. Dub. That's right. And boy, do you have anything you want to promote or plug? Same thing I always promote or plug. Come follow me on Twitter at Calibron, K A L L A B R. O-N-N. I'm also there on YouTube. Same name, both under Thelonious Chunk. I review snacks on Twitter, and on YouTube, I review weird little technology bits. At the moment, I'm working on one for the Odin handheld, which is an Android gaming device, so be looking out for that soon. For sure. And guys, you can find me on Twitter at LTTheFifth. That's L-T-T-H-A-F-I-F-T-H. Uh, please let, hit us up and let us know what you think. And for now, we'll go ahead and sign off. As always, holla, holla, holla. 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 Sexy alligator lady. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Bring me that big woman. Just gotta mess it up. <laughs> Give me that big, big woman. woman. <laughs> Bring me that hippo. <laughs> <laughs>